Today is March 11th, Season 3, Episode 4. Decky LinkedIn, how are we? Ooh, we are great. We're just connecting with the wider world web, baby. We got Chelsea Larson today. She is a kidney donor and has just an incredible story. And we're excited for you guys to hear it today. She started with an email. We refer to the email. But you guys will love just her story. It's bigger than just an email. Um, Andy Crazy Socks, man. How are we doing today? The Crazy Socks. The Crazy Socks are on point. Chelsea's story was incredible, and I thought it was just awesome how she kickstarted with that email. She reached out to us and said, hey, I have this story. I want to share it. And we, and we said, absolutely. And it, was, it blew us out of the water. Yes. So, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy this awesome conversation with her. I absolutely love this shirt I'm wearing right now that Visionary Manufacturing made for us. It's a podcast, dude. Give our marketing interns a visual via the best descriptive words you can think of. Oh, good point. Good point. Well, first off, it's blue. That's not good enough, man. Dig deeper. Dig deeper. Mm, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Mm, it's not just an ordinary blue. It's ocean blue, dude. Here we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, dude. When I put this ocean blue shirt on, man... Feels like I'm wearing a cloud of orgasmic lust. Whoa, dude, chill out. <laughs> Did I go too far there? Maybe just a little bit, but you're pretty damn near close. All right, all right. I'll, I'll wrap it up. The shirt's nice. You guys will love it, but this new back pocket shirt is beautiful. Not a single bad review out there, allegedly. And if you want to customize your own tees, sweatshirts, virtually any custom products, email us at backpocket at visionarymanufacturing.com. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T at visionarymfg.com invest in your dreams with visionary manufacturing I'm just an ordinary average guy my friends Chelsea Larson Welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Super happy to be here. Yeah. We, uh, we're we excited to have you. Your email to us after you had listened to Yam House yep. Podcast yep. and Shad Ireland as well. Yep. Thanks too. That's that's awesome. Thank you for listening. Legends. But your story that you emailed us was like incredible. We love getting emails. Um, so thank you for reaching out. And now we're here doing it live. So Yeah. So you gave us a great background with that email, and this is the first time we're meeting with you face-to-face, which is pretty cool, um, but our marketing interns didn't get that email, so mm-hmm. we'd love for you to kind of just hash where you grew up, and then we can just go from there. Sure. So I grew up in Woodbury, Minnesota, go Royals. Nice. Um, yeah, it had a great life. I should have left for college, but I went 20 minutes away to University of Minnesota. Okay. Um, with everybody else from Woodbury. So, um, but yeah, stayed close to home. Eventually moved to Denver, which I can get into that later. Did you know I'm from Denver? I did know that. Where are you from? I'm from uh, about 20 minutes south of the cities. I Littleton? grew up in, uh, around there. Yeah, Highlands Ranch. Inglewood? I lived in Inglewood, so oh, okay. I was, yeah. Do you know, you know Chris McCaffrey's, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so he's from Highland Ranch as well. I played against him my whole life. Shut up. Yeah, I'm on his highlight tape. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, he runs around Would he me. know you, who you are? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're famous. That's so- no, 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 I'm not famous. He's famous. I'm a oh. podcaster. Just an average yeah, guy. Yeah. But that's awesome. What were you doing in Denver? Uh, Nothing. <laughs> oh, I- <laughs> geez, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I found something to do. But no, I moved out there without a job. 
um, got one at a golf course and yeah, went from, there was there for almost two years and then came back here cause all my family's here and gotcha. Yep. Okay. So let's go and start with the U of M because that's kind of where we picked up with your story yep. with that email. Um, you went to the U of M because that close to home, wanted to stay close to your family. Yep. Um, and the room, your roommate was someone that you did not know. Uh, you, yep. you, you started to room that, which is something similar Declan and I had as a freshman. We decided not to do the, uh, live with someone, you know, type route. Which yeah. Was kind That's of cool. cool that you yeah. just went in, went in just blind like that. Well, kind of, uh, okay. so it was, so this was, uh, junior year and okay. I was living in a house with seven of my best friends and one of them went to study abroad. So this was a subleaser that moved in for three months, but we didn't, I mean, she was random. Um, but yeah, do you want me to get into the the story? So, uh, I was a freshman at the U of M and my aunt who is awesome. She's four foot 11 and who don't like you love every person that's four foot 11. I mean, she's amazing. She told us that she was going to donate a kidney to a stranger from her church and we like I thought what the hell like what do you mean I had no idea that you could do that and quite honestly thought it was like kind of a dangerous thing to do it sounded scary um and yeah she didn't know the guy um it was in her church bulletin uh that you know here's our one of our parishioners needs a kidney if you see it in your heart to go get tested here's the information and she found out later she's the only one to get tested for this guy. Ended up being a perfect match. They did it um, at Mayo over my spring break, freshman year. And I remember being in the recovery room and seeing her, I mean, she was obviously in a lot of pain, but seeing her laugh and being like, wow, like this is amazing. This This guy that we don't know is in the room next to us with his family and he has a piece of her inside of her to keep him alive like it was just amazing and but I was a freshman in college and I was an idiot so I went back to college um honestly forgot about it um and then two years later I was um like I said living with seven of my best friends and this girl moved in uh she's pretty quiet kind of kept to herself she didn't um we tried to like say hey come pregame with us or go out with us and she uh didn't really want to so that that was fine um and then a couple months in my roommate said hey guys did you see her facebook post and uh she read it aloud to us in the living room and it was all about how she has been sick her whole life uh living with kidney disease and then when she was 18 um she needed a transplant or dialysis and so her aunt gave her a kidney and that worked for three years and then the day after her 21st birthday her doctor said hey um you need to come in go on dialysis the kidney isn't working anymore so she posted that on Facebook and my friend my roommate read it aloud and I think everyone felt a lot of compassion and everyone felt super bad because we had no idea that this girl was this sick and but I'm sitting there and it was like this kind of like out of body, like my heart exploded and I knew that I would be a match and I would give her my kidney. Like no questions asked. I knew, I just knew it would happen. And, um, it was kind of an awkward conversation when you don't know someone and you live with them and you go up to them and say, Hey, um, I'll give you my kidney. 
you know, what do I got to do is kind of awkward. That's nuts. So, um, was that, was like, sorry, was her, um, kind of like her being removed from the other girls in the house? Was that, did that have a lot to do with, um, kind of her sickness and like her going through a tough time and then it just kind of happened like quick snap of the finger type, like she, her kidney was no longer working and that's, that's when she posts on Facebook. Was that kind of the timeline? Yeah, so I think it it was failing like for a while. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, she didn't tell any of us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had no idea. Um, she's going to dialysis, but we didn't know, and that was one of the reasons why she was never really home because, um, you know, it's four hours every other day. Yeah, hooked up to a machine, and it's terrible. So, um, so yeah. Dang. So you made just the jump right away didn't even think twice about it yeah well that's where it gets kind of weird okay because uh so i i told her like hey what do i gotta do to give you my kidney and she was like well it's very nice but um my doctor doesn't want me to jump into another surgery right away but i'll let you know um so long story short she moved out and i honestly forgot about her like i feel really bad about it but it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I like completely forgot. And it was a year and a half later. I was So I graduated, moved uptown like everyone does yeah. after college. Uh, like us. Yep, exactly. You yeah, this is bring back too. the men's. Um, did not do that. No. Okay. That's curious. <laughs> Didn't live with five guys. No. Um, so, yeah, I lived down the street here. And one of my college roommates, who's my best friend, said, hey, did you see this article on Ellen? And it was, I think it was Pioneer Press or Star Tribune or something. And it was about how she was so sick at the age of 22 that she, it was a good day if she could get off the couch and, like, sit at the table and go on the computer. Like, that was wow. a good day. Just no energy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at that point, she had been on dialysis for, like, a year and a half and was super, super sick. And I started the testing process that day. I um went online to wait so this is the same girl like a a year later comes off comes across on ellen like the show no no her i wish no her name is ellen oh my god totally missed that my bad all right so (laughs) it was in the it was in like star tribune pioneer press yep yep okay about how about it it was a story on ellen Oh but my. not on Ellen. On, do you see where my confusion was? <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes. No, you're good. Okay. So yeah. anyways. Yep. Yeah. So I started the testing process that night and wow. then um, that took about three months. Um, and then they told us, well, they told me, I didn't tell her I was doing this because I had a doctor in a year and a half. I didn't know how to like tell her. So, um, and you still had her contact information. Um, I think I had her number is actually really bad. I was kind of pissed at her because she didn't pay me for trash back, (laughs) (laughs) back in college. I was like, Oh, screw this girl. Like she didn't pay me $30 for trash this month. Like it's kind of pissed at her. So I might've deleted her number. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I feel really bad about it. Cause it's like, Oh gosh, like she was going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I actually don't know if I had her number. Um, and I wasn't Facebook friends. I'd I had to creep on her Facebook to get her birthday because you need their name and birthday if you want to like test to give someone their ki- your kidney. Yeah. So can you walk us through that process? Because I'm yeah. completely naive to yeah. donating a kidney. What is the qualifications to match? And yeah. also before that, just like even going through the process of um, seeing if a kidney is donatable. 
Yeah. So it starts out with like a online survey about your general health, your family's health. Because if you have, uh, if your family has kidney disease, you're probably not going to be able to donate or diabetes because diabetes can le- lead to kidney failure. And um, so it's all about your family, like health, basically. And then they contact you. You come in, do a couple blood draws, peanut cup, and then once. I think they do it a bit a little bit differently now, but this was four years ago. Um, and so then they said, Hey, you're a good match. Now you need to come in and they do a full day, um, basically physical where they test everything about your health. And if something isn't right, I mean, mental health, they check, um, what you eat, everything. And then, um, after that day they said, yeah, you're a perfect match for Ellen. And, and then we're going to do it. And then she was, I believe too sick to go into surgery like right then she needed to get over another issue and so three months later then we did it in May of 2015 so f- almost four years ago so when you reached out to her via Facebook you kind of reintroduced yourself hey I'm the roommate no okay sorry I, my, I'm talking all over the place no, um so I didn't I never told her I just crept on her Facebook and mm. like got her birthday off there okay people telling her happy birthday in april um and so they when they told me i was a match for it they're like hey do you want to tell her or do you want us to i'm like i don't want to tell her that sounds really awkward like you can tell her (laughs) and then they told her she was at a dialysis appointment her doctor said she had something to tell her and she it's just been two years of bad news so she wasn't expecting much at all and then they said yeah we found you a kidney and she like said who and they said my name and took her a minute to figure out who I was because we hadn't talked in two years and mm-hmm. yeah. so um yeah uh she she's doing great I just couldn't imagine as a 22 year old living life on dialysis and that's like really what prompted me to start the testing process it's like I'm living in uptown with my girlfriends I'm doing whatever the hell I want like going to the cabin going to a vikings game i wouldn't go to a vikings game you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um she can't do most of those things like she is her schedule is every other day four hours at a time can't really make plans can't go on vacation you can but it's tough and her energy's so. low like can barely get out of the seat like yep yeah oh, and we're man. all running around mm-hmm. doing going crazy yep so then that you figure out it's the match okay and she, obviously the steps follow where she accepts the donation i don't know really how that works but like <laughs> at, the, at that point you really yeah if it's a match it's going to work you're going to accept it yeah. um three months go by then the procedure happens mm-hmm. and is that um the same time like <laughs> i'm sorry like i'm really just like clueless to the process is it kind of just like yeah. transferred over um, yeah Okay. So you yeah. guys go into surgery at the same time, yeah. I assume. So I went in first. Okay. And then they cut you open and take it out. Mm-hmm. And then um, they carry it over to the room next door, put it in her. Okay. Wow. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Sweet. Dang. And then she begins the recovery process of her body adjusting mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And your body has to adjust to mm-hmm. um, not having a second kidney. Yeah. Um, since you went through it firsthand and not having to put words in her mouth, I'd love to hear how your experience was. Yeah. Um, having to go through that type of recovery. Yeah. Um, it was painful, not going to lie, but I don't, I don't remember 
any of the pain. Like my brother brought up something that happened in the hospital yesterday. I was like, I don't remember that at all. Like I, I mean, I was on drugs, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I don't really remember like any of the pain. Um, I know that she was doing super, super well because she had been so sick and this is typical for most like recipients. They are so sick that they feel good for the first time in a very long time. And so she, I remember she was in, we were in rooms next to each other and she was out laughing and I'm sitting there dying. Like, what the hell? Like, what is she doing over there? Like I'm dying over here. And that's because I'm used to, my body is used to that. I just went through surgery and it's not used to that. So, um, yeah, it was a rough, uh, like 10 days, I would say. Um, and actually they've gotten, I had a really hard recovery. I know a lot of donors and we're all friends and we have these groups where we all get together to talk. And, um, most people are out of the hospital in one to two days, um, doing normal stuff after five days, seven days. And I just had a hard time for whatever reason. I was a longer recovery. And so I was in a lot of pain for 10 days and then went to bed on the 10th day. I don't know what the hell happened that night. I woke up and I was like, I feel like nothing happened. And I was like, good to go. Um, you know, back to normal life. I didn't love my job at the time, so I milked six weeks off because <laughs> I didn't want to go back right away. Where were so, you working at the time? I was actually working at the golf store in the airport. No So way. they have, like, <laughs> simulators. And, um, I mean, it was, like, a re- t- retail job. Sure. And I I didn't love it. So I, yeah, milked six weeks off, except it was terrible because I couldn't play golf. It was May. It was June. Dang. And I had six weeks off work to do whatever I wanted and I couldn't play any golf but I did play golf six weeks after the surgery and it was it was like nothing happened dude that's awesome what's like the what's the risk going into donating a kidney like is there a potential that like something bad could really happen to you um being without that kidney or just during the surgery is there any sort of risk going into it there's a risk with like any surgery sure and that's pretty much what they tell you there, there are risks, but they're very, very small. Um, the only thing I had to change really is I can't take Advil or ibuprofen. That's like it. that is the only thing that that I changed. And sorry, I kind of switched topics here, but no, 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 that's... Um, that's the only thing that's different about my life. I take Tylenol instead of Advil if I have a headache, because oh. Advil and ibuprofen is is hard on your kidneys. Um, and that's why like some athletes or other people, um, ended up needing or went into kidney failure because they took too much of that. Yeah. And I, I mean, and then... I took way too much Advil in college. Yo, thanks for hitting play. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. I just want to let you guys know that we did this entire podcast with Skylines Max on. And I just want to let you know that. Yeah. And this, it, this isn't an ad though. We just wanted to let you know that. But we were wearing them. Yeah. We were wearing them and they were really cool. It was kind of hard to see, but like we were wearing them and it wasn't, a, and it's, this is not an ad. No, this is not an ad. Everyone knows that it's not an ad, but uh, we love Skyline Specs. Yeah. And it's not an ad and it's just, they're great Skyline Specs. They're great specs. You guys will love them. And everyone knows that, and we just wanted to mention that there are some pretty cool shades. And this isn't an ad, but we love Scott Ballard, and we love his company, Skyline Specs, at SkylineSpecs.com. This isn't an ad, just because we love Scott Ballard. Yeah, and we want, and we want people to, to buy these specs, and it's just not an ad, SkylineSpecs.com. Like, I during know. camp, I was, like, three 
You know, so you're playing like, football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and play every football. like six hours. I think it's like the recommended uh-huh. time frame. And I, right when I see the timer on my phone hit it, I'd be like three more or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's not kidney but, failure. Okay. But, the, okay, <laughs> but to like, go, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, cross your fingers. <laughs> if you go like apples to apples, like your yeah. overall pain, and mm-hmm. you like you're just having the bravery to step up and donate your kidney versus Ellen's yeah. pain, yeah, that she was having before. Like, um, I'd love for you to kind of go through the pain of dialysis we had Chad ireland on like mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier and his like his process of dialysis and like how weak he was sitting on the couch mm-hmm. before um just watching the airmen and then stepping up and becoming a professional athlete how i mean that's incredible yeah. that that's i don't want to simplify but that's all it is like that's insane that mm-hmm. you can make that much of an impact yeah and that's kind of what i've always said since i did it is um, for example, cancer is a terrible thing. I mean, we all, we all know someone that was affected by cancer. I watched two of my friends watch their dads pass away by cancer. It's absolutely terrible, but mo- sometimes, um, you get the diagnosis and there's absolutely no cure and there's nothing you can do about it. you just sit and watch them die. And with kidney failure, not, not everyone can receive a transplant for whatever, for various reasons. But there, there is a cure, is what I've always said, and someone corrected me one time. Or it's not a cure, but it's a treatment. Yeah. And there's millions of people walking around with two kidneys, and it's like we've us donors kind of make some analogies sometimes, where you're in a boat and you see a person drowning, and you have an extra life jacket on your boat. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna throw it to them or just let them drown? And it's kind of how I think of of kidney or kidney disease and dialysis is there's over half a million people sitting on dialysis. No one ever talks about it. It, The awareness is like not there. Everyone talks about cancer. There's all these, um, hockey fights, cancer, whatever it is, NFL pink month, whatever. And there's nothing for kidney disease. It's like, well, sorry. It's kind of like the silent killer. It's like no one knows about it. And then all these people, could their lives could be benefited from this or at least i mean the people on dialysis i think 30 percent are alive after five years and i've always said like dialysis is no way to live it's simply a way to avoid dying and that's how i look at it is all right that's keeping you alive but like that's not a life like that's it's terrible and but there's a cure and again it's not a cure it's treatment but you get what i mean where there's all these available kidneys and um and i know um i know kidney donation isn't for everyone and i've since learned that since doing it because at first after i did it i was like just mind boggled that all these people were walking around with two kidneys and no one was donating i'm like what's going on like it's so easy it was so easy for me. Right. I did not have to think twice about it. And that is solely to the grace of God. Like, it was honestly a calling. And talking to a bunch of donors, it's it's been a calling for them, too. It's just like we, we knew in our hearts that we had to do it. Like, I had to. There was no, like, questions or even the doctors were telling me the risks and stuff. You talked about that. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. cut me open. Like, I need to do this. Right. 
And um, most donors feel that way. It's not something that like anyone should do because they feel pressured to do it. But I know that there's people out there and maybe somebody listening to this podcast um, that gets that kind of tug at their heart where they're like, oh, God, I might have to do that. So is there like a sorry, do you have a question? Yes. I So I want to just mention you had your aunt kind of mm-hmm. not kind of pave the way and open yep. your eyes to something um, like this. I have never I don't I've had people in my family um, have can uh, deal with cancer and pass away from cancer uh, kind of younger. So that didn't really don't really remember that. But um, the, the you going through that experience like firsthand with your aunt donating to a complete stranger through uh, your church community mm-hmm. um, leaves that impact. And I think that's, and again, I don't want to put more words in your mouth, but that was your calling of saying, hey, I've seen someone do it and look how easy that was for my aunt to do it for a stranger. Mm-hmm. And now I have this opportunity to do it for someone that I lived with for a short time and saw how she struggled. Uh, and I think it's really cool. And I think it's awesome that you reached out to us. And I really want to make this note because it's a, a great way to continue what you experienced was so you saw your aunt and now and then you decided to do kind of something similar you did the exact same thing mm-hmm. um, and now you have the opportunity to spread to our audience and continue to spread through um, uh, how you true how you want to and hopefully impact that one other person that can hear your story mm-hmm. and be like wow it's not it's I have that power to change a life with my kidneys Mm -hmm. um and i can make that difference today Mm -hmm. so thank you for reaching out and thank you for coming on the back pocket because this Mm -hmm. is awesome and i know we're only 20 minutes in and we can learn we're gonna learn way more about you but this 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 is really awesome so thank you yeah Mm -hmm. no that's exactly why i sent you guys that email and i talk about it probably way too much (laughs) um but what what a great place to (laughs) talk about it (laughs) yeah this is this is great because normally it's just like I'm talking to one person about it, you know, and like my Uber driver, it's like, I'll randomly, well, they'll ask what I do. Well, I work for a startup and organ donation because I donated my kidney and I'm passionate about it. And it's just like such an easy segue to, to just literally all I'm trying to do is spread awareness because my, if my aunt wouldn't have done that, I would like to think that I would have stepped up once I found out about my roommate, Ellen, but honestly, I don't think I would have, like, I probably would have felt a lot of empathy a lot of compassion but I before my aunt I didn't know you could do that so I would have been like oh god that's so terrible mm-hmm. um done nothing about it and yeah I want to plant those seeds in other people yeah and it's all through your story which I think is the best part it's not like you're going around and trying to your blanket statement is like donate your kid and you don't your kid yeah. it's like no, no listen to my story like, I have a cool story. Like, I'd love to share it. And I think that's what podcasts are great for is to share a story and not necessarily give advice, but um, maybe someone takes, like, one thing from your story and it was like, that's freaking awesome. And then they take that, they put it in their back pocket, and they use it whenever they want. Back pocket. <laughs> there you go. And that's nice. why we, that's why that's the name of our podcast. But um, how, how do you kind of influence or impact others to um, – donate their kidneys or find maybe people like yourself and uh maybe help them help guide them along to mm-hmm. you know impact someone else's someone uh, someone who needs a kidney yeah well i talk about it a lot and then if people ask questions I, I love to talk more you know i used to be so shy about talking about it because i'm like i don't want 
I, it was a huge insecurity of mine before I donated and sort of during and right after is I was scared to tell anybody because I thought like they're they're either going to think I'm nuts or like that I'm doing it for attention or something and it that was a huge insecurity of mine and now I just blurt it out like all the time and I'm part of this organization called Donor to Donor and so we um, are a bunch of donors there's like 30 of us or something all around the U.S. and we hop on a call once a month and we we are a nonprofit. We don't raise any money. All we do is talk about how we raise awareness for free. And so whether that's a lot of it's media, um, try and get local or national uh, news stories out of something. Um, but we've driven a lot of attention just just on social media. And um, what we do is if someone contacts us, we kind of help them through the process and kind of um, answer their questions. And just the other day, so I, I work from home, but I work at a co-working space downtown and I, um, uh, there's this girl that works there. We've, t- we've talked a lot. We've never talked about what I do. And she asked me what I did the other day. And so I started with her first start of an organ donation and cause I donated my kidney and she was like, Oh my gosh, I just found out that my good friend is donating his kidney to someone he has, he doesn't know. Right. And, uh, so I had coffee with him in uptown. Uh, last week and he's donating next week on Wednesday I think at the U of M which is where I donated and he's um, this is super cool so most of the people that talk to us and contact us they don't know someone and I want to plant those seeds and maybe 40 years down the line your cousin needs a kidney or your nephew you know you never know someone is probably going to need one at some point in your life and you can think oh that girl did it She's pretty average. I could do that, you know. And so um, he is actually starting a chain. So there's these things called non-directed donors. So they don't know anyone that needs a kidney. So I, when I signed up, I said, I want to give mine to Ellen. And we ended up being a match, so it worked out. However, if I wasn't a match for her, we could have done parrot exchange. So say I need a kidney and my brother wants to give me one and you need one and your brother or your sister wants to give you one but you guys aren't a match and we're not a match we can swap yeah so you can do that and then you can even add like a third pair in there because if we don't match that person comes in and kind of completes the chain however that's super difficult because you need like four or six operating rooms and surgical teams at one time because it's all going on at the same time so these people, these awesome people that are non-directed donors say, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care where it goes. And they start these chains where it just goes like this. So they start it and then you don't need someone to loop it back because they don't have someone that needs one. So it can be typically it's like six people, maybe three sometimes, but it can be up to like 40 people that ended up getting kidneys because wow. that one person kicked that off and then it just went like this. Is there like a a database or something that's keeping track of all this that's like on social media or something that you could see this kind of web? Because I feel like if yeah. if there was like a database or a platform for yeah. kidney donors that want to donate or it, it would basically connect, right? People who need kidneys with people who want to donate and then just kind of go through that spider web or the chain like you were saying. Is that, yeah. Does that exist? Well, kind of. And I probably don't. There's a lot out there. But like donor okay. to donor... 
we started out trying to match people that wanted to donate with people that we knew on dialysis. Yeah. So like I'm still trying to find a donor for this awesome lady in Connecticut that needs a kidney. She's been on dialysis for like four years. Um, But also um, the National Kidney Registry is kind of like what you're talking about where that's where they go to sign up to be this non-directed donor. And then I've seen their database before. It's super cool. Like uh, just the math trying to match everyone so um figure out these chains and it's pretty amazing because i i saw it one time it's like all right this this kidney's in minnesota it's going to madison this kidney's in madison it's going to washington this kidney's going to la and i mean because it can go around the world you know and so or not the world the u.s but um so they have a big registry that does all of that Mm -hmm. and there's also like groups that you can um, I mean, if you, you may start to notice them now, um, where it's just public Facebook groups where so-and-so needs a kidney and then they share it with their network and see if anyone comes forward. But Wow. So when you entered into the, the donating world, um, mm-hmm. you were blind to it. What was kind of like the, f- one of those aha things like, wow, like I wasn't really aware of this or i wasn't aware of how everyone's connected it could be you might have already shared it but i was kind of curious on it from that standpoint yeah so i mean just the whole the whole process was kind of like a a wow moment Mm -hmm. um right after i donated i knew i needed to get involved and so right when i moved out to denver i started volunteering for this organization called american transplant foundation and um so that was going to be my next question mm -hmm. so you sorry no that's that's (laughs) great um the donation process you recovered six six weeks later you you got to play golf again Mm -hmm. and then shortly after that you moved to denver to volunteer what drew you to denver by the way just curious literally no idea i was actually sitting at home from surgery just bored because i couldn't play golf i was i think i just watched too much netflix i was like all right uh, what do I do now? <laughs> and the thought of Denver just popped in my mind, and I have no idea. I can't explain it. Yeah. Um, I just was like, oh, that sounds nice. And um, I, three months later, I moved there Dude. and, yeah, found a job eventually. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you were working, doing golf and all that stuff, and then you were yeah. there for two years? Yep. So then what kind of drew you back to Minnesota then? Yeah. So um, I kind of mentioned this in the – uh, in the email, yeah. but, uh, so, uh, God knows I'm oblivious to like everything in life. So he needs to show me like obvious signs where I'm like, okay, I, I this is my path. So yeah. I, uh, was working at a golf course. So I ended up running their golf tournaments and just felt kind of unfulfilled. And so I quit <laughs> and then I needed a job and I was trying to get back I was trying to get into healthcare and do something with kidneys because I was so passionate about it. Right. And if I could do that for a living, that'd be great. So I was trying to work for DeVita, which is uh, the biggest dialysis clinic, except they have many clinics, um, because it involves kidneys. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have been so passionate about living kidney donation in my interview because that takes people off dialysis. So I was a little too... uh, It's against their business. (laughs) But uh, that's crazy. Bit. But yeah. So so I 
a guy that I volunteered with at the American Transplant Foundation, he was a kidney recipient. So he was going to school at CU Boulder, all of a sudden got sick and needed to go on dialysis, hit like out of nowhere, um, 21 years old. And then his dad gave him a kidney and that's been going for like 17 years or something. Wow. And he owns, we were at our holiday party for um, ATF and he I was like, oh, I didn't know you owned your you, you owned your own business. And what do you do? And he goes, oh, I um, do tax resolution work. And the the minute he said tax, like my brain shut off. I was like, that in my mind, I didn't say this, but I was like, oh my god, that sounds terrible. Like let's, let's talk about anything else. So I changed the subject and I didn't like go back to it because I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Right. Anyways, I started working for him and no um, way. <laughs> just like until I found a job. Gotcha. In healthcare. Gotcha. And it was just funny because I was like, I went into his office. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to know what you do, but just like tell me to do something because I don't get taxes. And then he kind of taught me the business and um, I like math. So I started to like it. Once I figured out what we were doing, it was, it was more fun. And then, so I was like, well, this is, this is a good career. You know, I, I like it. So I. YOLO bought $700 worth of books to become certified to do taxes. And um, I got an automatic email after I bought the books. And it came with a temporary password, which is always like random letters and numbers that don't mean anything. Then you go in and change it. And mine was kidney 62. And I was like freaking out. I like called my mom. I'm like, did they like stalk me? Or like, how did they? Because my boss is a kidney recipient. I'm a kidney donor, um, but no, it came like milliseconds after buying these books. Like, no way they could have. That's bananas. No. So, yeah, that was my password. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll do this. And then I realized I could do it from home. And so I decided to move back. And I was looking for a job that did this around here. And um, it was very specialized tax work. So I was googling trying to find um a company that did it and i found this random company in a random building in the suburb of minneapolis behind the rosedale mall and i cold called the owner i was like hey i kind of do this like i've done it for a few months um <laughs> i want to study for these tests like will you hire me and i don't know why i did but uh he brought me in to the office and um walk up to the second floor and their door-to-door neighbor was the national kidney foundation and i was like holy shit i guess i'll work here (laughs) so i worked there for over a year and um then was talking to actually my childhood friend from woodbury her boyfriend owns a startup in organ donation and so we were talking on the phone we were just catching up after a year and a half in september and I was like, yeah, I don't love my job right now, but I'm just kind of waiting for something to fall into my lap. And he was like, well, this is kind of an interview. So I was like, okay, I'll yeah. work for you. <laughs> and Dude. so now I'm working in organ donation, so I get to do it for a living. So. And how about all these little signs along the way of just kind of right. like continue to do what you're doing. This isn't exactly what I love. And I, I just keep seeing what I really want to be doing around me. Wow. I, and it's all, I mean, your, your awareness to just kind of pick up on it and just continue to go through it without pressing is really cool because that's something that we 
struggle with on a day-to-day basis with our own podcast and just kind of everyone else's stories hearing how they grew um, has that same type of mantra of uh, mantra of patience um, so this was this past September is yeah uh, okay yeah it was the quote-unquote interview that you didn't know yeah. about over the phone yeah and now you're working for him yeah remind me the name of the company, company. yes yeah. uh we just changed our name to omni life omni life yeah. okay <laughs> pretty sick That's and what are you doing for them um so it's kind of like sales and marketing um but also it's a startup so you do everything and i have no idea what i'm doing mm-hmm. and he's gonna be listening to this so sorry but like it's just every day is all right i guess i'll do that i've never done that before well, i'll figure it out um hopefully i don't bomb it and it's yeah. the name of the game <laughs> trying something new failing when yep. you do fail, you learn from it and you yep. grow. Strikes and gutters, ebbs and flows, ups and downs. <laughs> so we do every we do. single day. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys know. Yeah. yeah, we know the grind, dude. That's <laughs> I. What I love about that is, like, you any every opportunity you took, you took it right in front of you. It was like that was what I'm doing tomorrow. That is what I'm like, yeah. and you did it every single day. It's Didn't, kind of my problem in life, but it's also a, it's, you know, it's also curse like, and a blessing. Sure. Exactly. I think. um like, did you, when you were going through that whole process, were you ever looking like further than the next day or like a year from now, two years from now, where you're like, man, what, what the hell am I really going to be like a certified tax person? <laughs> no. into, like, were you ever thinking about that? Actually, I was. Okay. Um, and you were like all about it. Oh, I was all about it. <laughs> Dude, I'll do can your you, taxes. Can you do, we need someone to do our taxes. Oh, yeah. And we have no I'm idea. I'm still certified. Yeah, I really okay. want to start out season three and just be like, it's season three. Our average quality is I have no idea how we're going to do our taxes. Like, It's we coming up, right? So it's coming hard. up very soon, and I was going to like talk to you about this off air, but <laughs> we need to start saving our receipts, I found out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all, of our, all of our transactions have been Venmo. <laughs> so you can track. Wait, those are receipts, right? Uh, they're sure. trackable. Yeah. Well, like... When someone asked us for like an invoice the other day, I was like, "Invoice? Why do you have invoice?" And he's like, "Well, it's for tax purposes." I was like, "Ooh." I hear that word uh, thrown around at work all the time. I and people were like, "Oh, you guys can write that off." I was like, "The hell does writing it off mean?" So we, you this get, is where yeah, we're at. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, I'll be your accountant. Please. Okay, but anyways, going back, yeah. you, you, you were whenever you were going into these different opportunities, mm-hmm. you were seeing yourself in those opportunities in a longer term or longer sense i should say yeah and you know what you guys asked me one of the questions was where do you see yourself in five years yeah and i literally hate that question more than anything Um, so i was going to tell you guys that because i like they ask you that in interviews and i i haven't backed down i've never answered it because i don't want to i think it's really dumb but um you know because five years ago what was i i was 21 was an idiot and I had no idea what I was going to do in five years and if somebody would have told me yep you're going to donate a kidney then you're going to do some taxes for a while and then you're going to work for a startup I would have laughed in their face and it's freaking hilarious because like no like I have no idea what's going to happen in five years and it's going to be awesome but I have no idea and you, you were working at me. a PGA store at the airport maybe you were close t- to it at least I, yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Making like minimum wage. <laughs> I like that's it. nuts. Yeah. No way. It's, I mean, that's what's so great about it though, is like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Um, but I trust God will like show me what to do because 
otherwise i'll just keep doing it Mm -hmm. dude that's i mean I, i just love that i i love the living in the moment i think when people are asking the five year plan or what what do you want to be in five years they they're kind of just wondering like okay is this person like have some goals Right, and I think goals are great. You got. I, I like to frame it not as oh. goals, but as intention. Okay, sure. It's not like I need to be doing exactly this, right? Or I have accomplished all of these things to get me there, or whatever. It's right. like our intention is the saying of the month: dominate the sandbox, and like that's our five-year goal, which is just <laughs> live in the tw- like appreciate the Twin Cities for what it is, and try to have yes. people on in the Twin Cities that embody what um, it is to live here. And there's all those little different unique pieces. So like we don't, mm-hmm. when everyone's like, what's the podcast going to be like? What is your goal and mm-hmm. everything? Well, we're just, we just say, Dom, we're dominating our sandbox. This is what we're doing right yeah. now. Yeah. And we interview cool people and like, that's pretty much and all we want to do. it's going to take you to the next thing. To the next exactly. person. Like think yeah. about, think about the, if um, you're talking about links earlier with kidneys, like mm-hmm. if we always talk about the links of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Like how did you end up in, in this chair today? It's because uh yam house put our shout video out yam house. shout they, out to yam house they are the coolest people i know i want to be best friends with them and i hope they listen to this and then they want to be friends with that me week, yes yeah, we'll send this we'll send them this video lars okay. just had his honeymoon yeah uh this past week yeah and um then they have their big show on april 5th april which, 5th are you guys gone oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna ball oh. out for that yeah um, definitely come with us and then there's also uh their at the Basilica Block Party this year as well. It's unreal. Yeah, so We're sick. So proud of those guys. Oh, but like, and so you yeah. found yeah. so that kind of tracked our podcast yep. was what came up on their I, feed. Yeah. And never then heard of you guys. Okay, <laughs> sick. Shout yeah, out to until they, they, yeah, they put it on their story, and mm-hmm. um, I was like, what the hell is this? And so I listened to their podcast, and then I'm, I'm like, oh, I wanna, I wanna be on this. I wanna share that, share my story. And then um, I look at your website, and the first thing that pops up is like, wow, like season two is awesome. You like highlighted three people or something. One of them said, like, Shad, dialysis patient. I go, what the hell? Like, what are the chances of that? Like, out of all the people you could have interviewed, out of all the people you did interview, out of all the people you could have picked to put on the recap on the website, it's a dialysis. I was like, that's weird. Um, And you guys didn't really touch on organ donation. No. On the pod, on Chad's. So I was like, "You, we need to shed a light on this because, yeah, he he talked, he did a great job about talking about dialysis and um, his success with, oh, my God, it's un- unreal. But there wasn't much talk about, like, what comes after dialysis or how um, you can live better. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, my, the hair standing up on my arms That's because awesome. Declan, we were sitting next to each other when he was putting together that list. And he tells me the people on there, and he goes, should we put, like, these people from season one on there, like Shad Ireland, because the audio, or season two, early, because the audio isn't great, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. really show, like, our, it shows our progression, but it really doesn't, like, we love right now, because we have all this sweet equipment, and and, and, and Declan's like, yeah, but it's just awesome, I'm going to keep it on there. I was like, yeah, let's keep it on there, and... Yeah, and it it affects that one person. Exactly, it just makes me so so happy. And and like, and you know this too. The only reason I ever met Shad Ireland was because I was going home from the bars on a Tuesday night on my birthday (laughs) from the the Wild Onion. Yeah, R.I.P. You want to know something funny? And he's my Uber driver. 
Just yeah, nuts. that's unreal. And to bring it back to the wild onion, so I donated my kidney <laughs> when I was 22. Yeah. And then six weeks after was my 23rd birthday. I went golfing and went to Birthday Tuesday at the Wild Onion. Nice. That's lit. Shout out Wild Onion. <laughs> Shout out Wild Onion. <laughs> R.I.P. as well. Yeah, R.I.P. Turned into a Red Rabbit, which oh. doing great things. Did but, it really? That's yeah. Turn, way it, nicer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that's it still goes back to the point of take advantage of those opportunities, right? I'm mm-hmm. not going into – I'm not hearing Shad Ireland's story in the Uber thinking I'm going to be able to meet Chelsea Larson uh, over a year later. <laughs> Like, think about how crazy that yeah. is. Like, it, and you never, you should never look at those opportunities for what they could provide long term. It's more right. so just like, I was so charged up in that 10 minutes that I was like, I need to get yeah. this guy on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that was my only yeah. thought. And I just think it's, in, it's incredible, right? Yeah. You just take those opportunities every single time, every single yeah. time. And it's going to get you to where you really want to be. Yeah. And I want to challenge you guys to something because I was just thinking about this the other day. And there's this guy called, his name is Ryan Leak. He he went to college in Minneapolis, but I think he lives in Texas. And he's, I think he's, he's like a speaker, but preacher. I don't know what he does, but he's awesome. And he wrote this book and made a YouTube video called Chasing Failure. And so often we are afraid of failing. And if you look at all the successful people in the world and you think how they get there they failed a lot that's the one thing they have in common is you can't be successful without failure and so he thought if I could do anything if I and I wasn't afraid to fail what would it be he said I want to be in the NBA so he sets out he writes letters to all the NBA teams saying here's my story I want to chase failure can I try out for your team and I think three teams went by no answer the Boston Celtics were the first person to respond. They're like, that's cute, but not for us kind of thing. Then he gets finally gets an answer from the Phoenix Suns. And they're like, okay, bring your crew and be out here by Monday. So he's like, I don't have a camera crew. So, what crew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he finds one. And he's like, I got to practice. He practices, gets out there on Monday. And um, he's practicing with the Phoenix Suns. And he's failing big time. And he does, at the end of the day, they do this three-minute sprint. And he's in the middle of it. He starts going. And every every player just stops what they're doing and watches him. And he is failing. And then he looks down at the Phoenix, Sun, Phoenix Suns logo and is just like, wow, this is incredible. How did I get here by chasing failure? Like, I, because I wasn't afraid to fail... I am practicing with the Phoenix Suns. Like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a great YouTube video. You guys should watch it. Um, but it's like, what, like, if you could do anything or get anyone on your podcast, what would you do? Like, why not do something crazy? And who cares if it fails? No it's awesome. And I love that he's um, taking the initiative to continue to spread that message because it's scary to fail because you look ugly doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, it's very vulnerable, so you're you're struggling in that sense, um, and that's awesome. I, 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 we're gonna do some research, and he's a Minnesota guy. Uh, kinda. He went to college here. Went to college here, so there's yeah. some roots that we can mm-hmm. connect the dots mm-hmm. with him. All right, mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan Leak is mm-hmm. it L E A K? Yeah, I think so. Ryan, yep. Jack, Jack, Jack's on it. Awesome, nice. thanks, Jack. Uh, I'm fed up with networking events, 
and by no means is that a controversial thing to say at all. But, you know, I'm I'm going out on a limb here and I'm trying to say that all I want to do is enjoy some beer and have some conversation. Is that too much to ask? Well, Deck, you could have said that a little bit better. But what he's trying to say is some of the best conversations and more importantly, collaborations, that's what Lincoln Drink is all about. Have those conversations with local hustlers, entrepreneurs, creatives, and people right here in the Twin Cities sandbox. Yes, and this will be the fourth of its kind. It's still in its nascency. Nascency. But boy, is it growing. We're stoked to have you. Remember this time and place. We'll give you some time. Grab some pen and paper. Write this down in your notes right now. Remember this. May 8th at Finnegan's Bruco. That's May 8th at Finnegan's Bruco. Um, and you, so now I'm um, kind of trapping the puck and bring it to the back pocket core questions. You listen mm-hmm. to the Yam House interview and the yep. Shed Ireland one. So, you know, our favorite question to ask our mm-hmm. guest yeah. to uh, bring out that transparency, humility um, aspect is what's your average quality? And yeah. for those of you who don't know, we frame it in a way where you do it well sometimes and other times you're not so good at it. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's your average quality. So yep. Chelsea, what is your average quality? Well, this is super hard because my middle name is average. And literally nice. everything I do, you guys, is average. I've always said that, like, growing up, it's like, I I do a lot of things okay, but I'm great at nothing. And that's truly how it is. But I narrowed it down to two. So the first one that, <laughs> that I'm average at is being a sports fan because sometimes I'm all over it. And I know every player. I know all the stats. And I can talk football or talk whatever. Um, other times, I have no idea what's going on. And I just don't really care. And I am terrible, like, with keeping up sometimes. Are you, like, transparent with it? Like, No, I, I totally fake it. I'm like, mm, yeah, that guy <laughs> sucks. Like, and then I go and Google, like, who is that guy? Because I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't heard of him. 23 on the Lakers. Who is this guy? <laughs> uh, what are your teams that you like to, when you do keep up with it? it Green Bay Packers, you, oh, you're God. wearing that hat. Um, is go it stay Paco. in the Wisconsin train of, like, the Bucks? No. And, okay. No. Just the Packers. Gotcha. Um, huge Packers fan. Um, then the all the other Minnesota teams, but like, uh, like it's hard. That's where be, like being that average sports yeah. fan yeah. is understandable because they're they average do, sports runs teams. in our blood. Yeah. They, they they give you hope though, which is the tough, the most difficult part. From like like living here oh, for now five years. Oh, I love watching it with the Vikings. It's yeah. awesome. They always like give the <laughs> the fans like like just enough to be like, oh, there's a chance. But in reality, mm-hmm. like the, from the outside perspective, Declan and I are like, you guys, you guys are pretty far away. I, I hate to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to break it to you, but uh, yeah, um, you got some work. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great average yes. quality. What was yeah. your second one? Uh, so then my second one is bringing it back to kidney donation. And I wrote an article on this, and it's so true because people, people, when I share my story, some people will say, you're so courageous, you're so brave, you're so strong. It's like, nope, I'm actually like none of those things. Like, thank you, but no thank you. I literally am an average person that took the calling that I had on my life. And, and that's the best part about it is you can be so average and donate your kidney. Like you do not have to be superwoman. You do not have to be um, an amazing person at all. Uh, and that's, I think, the greatest part of it all is I'm just an average person that did that. So oh, that's all. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing that. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Because like that's a lot of what we talk about is you don't have to be 
an extraordinary person to mm-hmm. do extraordinary things. We say yep. we're ordinary guys with an extraordinary passion to, you know, Same. unpack your story or yeah. donate your kidney or, you know, write a book or, you know, try and make it to the NBA. There's all kinds of different things that you have passions for, maybe like a little passion project that starts as nothing, right? It's it's nothing. And you just are passionate about it. And you, you show up every day to do it. Mm-hmm. And it gets better and better and better. And then over time, maybe someday, maybe someday that passion project that you were so driven on becomes your life, becomes your job that actually can put food on the table when you come home at your uptown mm-hmm. house. <laughs> you know, like it, it doesn't have to be overnight. And I think right. that's something that you exude. It's, it's incredible. And I just love like, great word. Thanks dude. I'm, I'm on, I'm on one right now, dude. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, thank you for coming on. Cause I think what, a lot of what you're saying is like a lot of what we're trying to push out to our audience, the marketing interns, as you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then going off of that, um, what is in your back pocket during mm-hmm. this tough period of donating a kidney and then going um, from there to kind of your career and finding mm-hmm. your path? What has been in your po- your back pocket to continue forth? Yeah. The only thing I can think of is Jesus. And I say that because it hasn't always been that way at all. Um, I went through a period where I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, I grew up Catholic. I was like, yeah, no thanks. Like, <laughs> never want to go to mass again yeah. um and it all started with kidney donation and that's like everything i do just like goes back to that and like when i think about that moment when i was sitting in that house and i heard that story and my heart literally exploded inside of me and i knew i would be imagining i would give her my kidney at that time i wanted nothing to do with church or god or whatever um but looking back on it that was 100 percent god like moving inside of me and I didn't know it and now looking back it's like obvious but even like the whole surgery process like I am a freaking baby like if I get a paper cut I think the world's ending and like screaming my head off (laughs) and like and I think about like them they literally cut my stomach open like and I wasn't scared at all and that's not because I'm courageous again or strong or brave like no um I literally was never scared about surgery and never thought twice about it. And then, yeah, to bring it back to today, like anxiety, whatever it is, like I can't do anything without Jesus. And I wake up in the morning, I read a little bit of my Bible, and then I write down what I need help with that day because I can't do it myself. And like working for a startup is like right away. There's so much anxiety, like, holy cow, I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm going to get fired. (laughs) And so I would write, I I write in my journal, I write my prayers or otherwise like my thoughts, like what I am doing that day, what I need help with. Like if I need wisdom or if I need strength or if I need uh, just him to help me with my insecurities or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, that's in my back pocket for sure. Awesome. That reflection period, that goes without saying. I, I, it doesn't necessarily need to be through religion. And if it is, more power to you. Um, mm-hmm. But exactly. having the re- reflection period to yourself is so huge. We love to do it through a podcast. We yeah. have our own section, our own podcast now that we do on Thursdays called The Back End Show. So if you haven't listened to it, Definitely go check Did it come out today? Um, uh, it, well, it's tonight's Wednesday. It'll it come out every Thursday. Yep. 
So we'll our, we'll be releasing our second one okay. tomorrow. But by the time your podcast is out, I think it's like the fourth or fifth mm-hmm. one that will be on. We're fortunate enough to put on these headphones and talk to an, into mm-hmm. each other, talk to the talk into these mics uh, to do our reflection. But that's awesome that um, that's in your back pocket and it's continued to um, help guide you to where you want to to stay on that even keel to continue to move forward. I think uh, I I've kind of a realization. My dad listens to this podcast. So I come from a a very Catholic family myself nice. and. Um, <laughs> I've always just been I'm re- like naturally regimented as an engineer, and so like church on Sundays has always just been like a thing I always do. But in recent times, I've kind of felt the same way in your sense where it's like, like it's Sunday, like I'll just do some yoga with Adrian and meditate, and like that I'll yeah. I'll get more out of it, yeah. you know. But um, Jack Burke right here, our producer, he's He's a Catholic man himself and, like, oh, forces nice, me yeah. to go to church all the time on Sundays. You guys go to Mass? Oh, yeah. We go to the Basilica, dude. Wow. That's where it's at, I, You guys are the real deal. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't say forces you. I think Jack just brings it up every single time and just says, hey, I'm going to Mass. He challenges me. Yeah. He challenges me. But <laughs> a lot of what my dad says to bring it back is every time he listens to my podcast, he'll text me, like, something that we said or unpacked on the podcast, and then he'll tie it back to something that's, like, religious and I'm like, ah, oh, come on, Dad. It's not, it's not a religious <laughs> podcast. But in a lot of sense, he's right. And what you were saying of like, when I wake up every morning, and I'm, I'm challenging myself. I'm looking inward to figure out and you know write down my prayers, whether that's wisdom, strength, blah blah blah. For us, it's like, those could be average qualities, right? Like I, mm-hmm. or we write down our average qualities almost every day, <laughs> right? And it's always different you're, stuff. You're right. And you're sitting in the car yep. on your way to recording the back end show, which we're doing right after this, and. I have to think about what I learned that day, what's my average quality, and, and what's making me feel good. What's making me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about how like think about yeah. how actual relatable that is to what you were going through. Yeah. Like Andrew said, it doesn't have to have the religious tag on it, but just that right. practice. Something to think about. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> blow. Full circle. <laughs> Mind blow. Full circle. Yeah. It's pretty freaking awesome though, man. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you coming on. Like that that is uh I wasn't expecting like all of this, you know, this mm-hmm. is, this is just fun to talk and have a conversation because yeah, that's really what it is at the end of the day. I love telling people like, you know, when was the last time you had a conversation with no distractions for what, like an hour? We're going for an hour right mm-hmm. now. Like when's the last yeah. time you've ever done that? Mm-hmm. Been a, Wow. Yeah. It's been a minute. Another yeah, this is great. <laughs> and that transition is perfectly to, uh, Bring it to a little humor. A little, oh, yeah, dude. Little, Let's little, get it going. A little game. We didn't even touch Uh-oh. on your golf yet, and that's Uh-oh. why... Uh, game alert. We got to go game here. Game, game. alert. No. Okay. So we didn't send you this, this game. It's an it's an easy game on your end. This The challenge part is on us. We came up with this last night, and uh, we haven't talked about it, really. So we're just going to go for it. Yeah, we'll work on it. All right. The game is, uh, what's your approach shot? Oh, okay. okay. And right. we'll give you a... What course are we on? We'll, <laughs> oh, shit. We'll give, you, we'll give you the scenario, and... Uh, it could be golf related. It could, and, and it doesn't have to be. All right. Oh. Ooh. So be creative, Jackie. <laughs> First one is going to be golf related. So you're heading to the Masters in April. Mm-hmm. You're going on Friday. Yep. Um, I I went last year and had the time of my life. Unbelievable. If you want to listen cool. to his experience, it's called the episode. I forget what number it is, but it's called a Patron's Perspective at the Masters. Oh my and I interview Andrew about his experience, like the day he got back. Yeah, it was hands down the best sports experience you can ever. Well, Marty listening to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But the, my favorite thing to do at a golf, at a, uh, no, that was my first, second golf uh, tournament to, to watch firsthand. But the par threes are incredible because you can see the yes. whole hole versus yes. the par fours. You got to like run alongside oh, the par, par fives. Par fours are awful, yeah. You're even running even farther. So, but the, the par. Wait, were you walking ar- along with a group? I walked. Along, I'm a sitter. I, so I pick a hole. I sat on Sunday. I sat on number two and watched every single person come through. Yeah. Um, and then went to number seven because Tiger was way ahead. And I followed Tiger from like seven until 11. Nice. And then from uh, Iman's Corner on 11, yes. 12, 13, I sat there, watched everyone come through. And then my dad and awesome. I hustled to 16 and 17 yes. uh, to finish it out. Uh, oh, I'm just picturing yeah. every hole right now. Every I'm just hole. getting yeah. so jazzed. <laughs> okay. So let's do, um, at, if you could picture sit, number 16. Oh, yeah. Um, so I sat on 15, but you could see 16 from there. Yes. And you have the binoculars yeah. because 15 is <laughs> hard to see through the fairway because it's, uh, you're sitting up on that hill. Yep. So if you yep. really want to see the approach shot, you need binoculars. Um, <laughs> so 16, great. Yeah. Um, you got the water on the left side, Ooh. which you, you, the par three, yep, you don't really realize is open because on TV, you can only see the hole and it kind of looks like it's just covered in like vines and stuff, but it's that's where you're sitting. It's like stadium seating along the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's like a 130. Pretty short. Pretty yep. short. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what club are you bringing out? The pressure's on. It's Sunday, and oh you're you're tied, so you don't want to be too aggressive, but you you got to play tied. it yeah. at a point yeah. where it's a uh, it's necessary. Yeah. Don't to, chunk. To take it. To take a don't chance. Chunk it. <laughs> don't chunk. Um. Wow. One thirty. I'm probably picking out my seven iron because I don't want to be short. Wins at your back. Not heavy, but it's not it, it's not against oh, you. On. It's not against you to the point where it's like I need to take an extra club. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. Well. well now the, I, now I'm in between clubs. So what the hell am I gonna do? I think you take the seven out. You don't. You, being long isn't yeah. the end of the world. Yeah. You can't be short. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, there's the it hill. always slopes back. Yep. So I'm going seven. I'm you know putting some spin on it. And then I'm hitting the back of the green, and I'm Letting rolling it, it to the front. Yeah, to the to the hole. Love it. Awesome. Can you top that, Ducky? So your approach shot would be, or actually, no, not your approach shot. What am I saying? You're waking up at seven o'clock. You feel <laughs> super groggy, but your boss texts mm-hmm. you, and he's like, "Yo, <laughs> Chelsea." Got some new material that we need you to just fire up today, and we need you, and we need it done today. So you're feeling shitty. It's negative twenty outside. You're waking up. You have the opportunity to attack it. What's your approach shot? Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so stressful. Like I feel like this is real life. Sorry for stressing you out. <laughs> uh, well, I wake up in my cat pajamas because I wear cat pajamas every night. Yeah. And I also, so we have a video call at eight a.m. They don't know this, so they're gonna listen to this. Um, I just throw a sweatshirt over it and do my Zoom call at 8 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday in my cat pajamas with a sweatshirt over it. They don't know that. Um, But, yeah, that's the beauty of working from home. So I would just get after it. I would do my 8 a.m. call, and then I would just do whatever he had me to do. And that's how it kind of works is you you do what you need to get done. Uh-huh. And anything that isn't everything's it's crazy because like everything that I do, I feel like I should have done two months ago. But there's so much to do in a startup that it's just like you figure out what you got to do that day. All right. And then you move on. Mm. 
I love it. That's awesome. And we, we understand that full heartedly. The idea, the, when it comes like that, those two months later, we were like, wow, why didn't I think of that two months ago? I, we yep. would have been doing this a lot quicker or we would have been doing this a lot more efficiently. Oh man. The startup world. Yep. We love it. You hate it. You love it some more. Um, final one. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. What's your approach shot when it comes to waking up on a Sunday morning and you just had a great Saturday, you wake up, you're feeling lively. What's your approach shot to that day? Sunday is a day where you might be attending mass or there's something else going on, family oriented. What, what, what does your Sunday look like on that approach shot? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to mass. Okay. Cause, uh, I don't, I don't, we don't need to go. There. We don't need I'm, to go. I'm going to non national church for okay. sure. Gotcha. Um, so you, are you just asking like, what what's, am I going to do? What's your day? ideal yeah. day? What's your okay. ideal Sunday? Okay. That's what would have been okay. way better. That would have been um, <laughs> easier to understand. Okay. Sorry, that's okay. why I have two podcasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably sleep in because I love sleep. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I head straight to Woodbury. Um, so I drive like 40 minutes to get to church. Um, usually I'm volunteering. Uh, so I will, um, this actually kind of blows. So I'm probably not sleeping in cause I have to get there at eight. Um, so 40 minute drive. I got to get up at like six 30. It, so it's like every other weekend, every other Sunday. And then I'm doing production. So I run like, um, the lyrics up on the screens, which is super fun. Um, and then, yeah. And then I, uh, go home if it's the summer, I may play nine holes, nice. um, but usually your, I'm too lazy. What's uh, your course of choice? Oh, the cheapest. Yep. Um, we city, like Minneapolis. Island. Yeah. Um, so I'm close to Les Bull. I live in Northeast. Okay. So I'm okay. close to Les Bull side. That's where Ladies League is on Monday nights. Um, yeah, it's it sucks um, being broke because you can't play very nice courses, but the public courses aren't that bad here. No, I like them. Not terrible. We go to we go to Highland because I was right next to St. Thomas. Yeah, and uh, it's yep. open, so you don't lose a ton of golf balls there. That's nice. Yeah, that, tear the course up. It's a good yeah. quality. Oak yep. Marsh. Mm-hmm. I've also loved Oak Marsh. <laughs> yeah, I that'd be on my o- way home. Yeah, I actually also hate Oak Marsh. Um, yeah, but that's where you can lose a lot of balls. Yeah, especially the first like yep. five holes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I think the bottom Some line marshes, is we need. Yeah. Bottom line is we need to get around in this this summer. Yep. Yeah, let's commit to that. And It'll that was be a game. business meeting. Yep. Business meeting. Yeah, business yeah, meeting. Yeah, let's, <laughs> play some, let's play some golf. We'll put it on the company card. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I'm so excited to work for a startup because I can finally have business meetings on the golf course where yeah. like, I don't have to be in an office. Yep. And you can dominate too. Well, yeah, hopefully. It's a game of average. You yeah. Know. But, mm. that, but that was our game. Wildly average game. Wildly average. Was, but we killed it. Yeah. I think it was great. Um, but yeah, let's finish it up here. We have two final questions for you. We've been hampering you with questions the whole time. Love it. So now we're giving you an opportunity to ask us some questions. Do you have any questions for the back pocket? No. Just kidding. Dang. Oh. Um, <laughs> I believe um, it. I got a couple. Um, let's see. One, uh, my mom is going to ask when this is coming out. So today is Wednesday, February 27th. We are releasing um, Alex French uh, this upcoming Monday, and then you're the following Monday. So about March 11th. Oh, cool, cool. Yep. March She'll be 11th, happy with, she'll be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second question would be, um, if you guys were on The Bachelorette, what would be your limo entrance? So do you guys watch The Bachelor? Uh, I've seen it, yes. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about when they get out of the limo and then you you got to do something memorable mm. um, because there's... You've never seen... No, I, I've never watched this. Well, I've, I've, I know you of know, it. You I can just, picture what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, okay, just, just keep going. Yeah. 
I'll, so I'll pitch you got, myself. I mean, this girl is meeting 30 guys. Right. Average guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got to stand out in some way. So what are you going to do? I'm going to walk out <laughs> and step out, you know? <laughs> Prick my legs out. I'm also not wearing shoes. And then I'm just going to slow dab. Like, the girl's looking at me, obviously. And I'm just going to look into her eyes still. And just slow dab like that. And then just maybe that, give her a hug. Your hug. I, I don't know if that's it'll um, end well, but yeah. And that's, that's why, cool. like, I'm not going to be on The Bachelorette, I think. Yeah. That's cool. my that's my issue. You'll dab, but yeah, I with, think that's with no shoes. With no shoes, yeah. I'm, I'm nice gonna, approach shot. Yeah, thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting that one into the water. And I'll be like, I wrote a, I wrote a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. My first thought was um, going back to high school when I learned how, when I taught myself how to yo-yo. I <laughs> that's what I would go out of the car and yo-yo. That might work, actually. Yeah, pull a couple of my tricks out. And like walk the dog for him, and then do a little cradle of the yo-yo. Maybe, maybe I do this. Maybe I just get out and I just look into her eyes and be like, "I love you." Just stay that straight no, up. Don't, to don't her. do that. Does that do, does that happen a lot? I feel like that would happen a lot on that show. Mm, they do some weird stuff, so similar stuff happens. Okay. So yeah, kind of. Okay. okay. Yeah, you guys got to watch though. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. <sighs> sure. <laughs> you guys can Go. do recaps on your podcast. We could. It actually is like a thing. We're a challenge podcast. Yeah. We, uh, we had M- TJ Lavin on. MTV The Challenge is a uh, 35. It's basically the Bachelorette thrown in MTV version. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So are you doing a recap of The Challenge? Uh, No, but that's. Or the, you just had him on. That We've had him on and we just love the show. Yeah. And now so. we're trying to get Johnny Bananas on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday we just L- accidentally become legend. the Challenge legend. podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Legend. Yes. Um, and then our final question is, simple question, what did you learn from the time that you woke up to when we were having this conversation today? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I learned a lot. I um, I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it's just um, going back to chasing failure a little bit where take every opportunity i mean there were thoughts that went through my head like oh maybe i shouldn't go on this podcast what if i sound stupid like that literally went through my head and then it's like nope okay get that thought out of there that's ridiculous um even though i might be sounding stupid i don't know um but you just just take every opportunity that comes to you and i know you guys like um people to challenge you to get other people on the podcast oh yeah yeah. you gotta ask that question Well, I'll just lead into it. Go, go for um, it. So, one, Ellen DeGeneres, that's a female. Uh, that one might be a little bit harder to get. Um, Maybe in like a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laying, laying the grassroots today. Yeah, we'll send Bringing it back video. to Ellen because you thought... Uh, I literally thought... Uh, Kenny recipient was on Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> Which would have been awesome. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> um, and then, two, um, John Bucci-Gross. Do you know who John Bucci-Gross is? Yeah. So, you guys are... I mean... Bucci Overtime Challenge. Yeah. You guys play play that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, this is an example of chasing failure. So I, uh, my senior year of college, I majored in sports management, which means nothing besides I wanted to work in sports. And I was an intern for the Minnesota Wild, which was unreal. It was actually, you're, you're going to bring back bad memories, but uh, Game 7 versus the Avs. Yeah, no, Nino, that was, that is the best series of hockey like ever. I mean, we lost. The only one was amazing, watched. huh? 
Yeah. It was amazing. Like that you, whole series. You're an Az fan though. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I remember that series just because like senior year of high school for me and I just and the Avs were yep. good for the first time in a long time and just being able to see good playoff hockey. Oh my god. It's a treat. Game 7, I just I, it was so emotional for me. It was awesome. Um but that was my internship and then I wanted to keep working for the Wild, but it's very hard to get a job in sports. As you can imagine, everyone wants them. So there's like three, 400 people applying for this same job that, and they have 20 years of experience and you got nothing. Yeah. Um, which is why I hate like resumes also because they suck and they don't tell you anything about the person's personality. Um, but so I knew I was going to have a hard time getting a job out of college or in sports. And so I, was like well actually I was working a wild game and one of my coworkers who used to work for the twins uh, ran into her former colleague at, at twins and she was like oh that girl's awesome she actually sent a cake with her resume on it to uh, the twins and then she got an, an interview and she got the job and I was like that's genius I'm gonna do that so I I was like I'm gonna send John Bujigas a cake with my resume on it so I'm like Googling, like, well, I'm thinking, I'm like, I can't send this to ESPN headquarters because the intern's going to eat it before it gets to John. Like, no way, no chance it's getting to John Bujigas. But how do I, how do, I do this? So I'm Googling for John Bujigas's uh, email, and I find two. One's like john.bujigas at gmail.com. The other one's like johnbujigas at ESPN.com. So I email them both, and I'm like, hey, I want to mail you a cake. Um, what's your address? And then P.S. Chocolate or Vanilla. And within an hour, I get a response from both emails with the same address in Connecticut and um, P.S. Chocolate. And I called my brother. I was like, oh, my God, John Bucigras just emailed me. And I was like freaking out. He's like, you're an idiot. Like, that, no no way that's him. And I'm like, oh, it's probably not. And somebody's just going to get a free cake out of this. But, like, what if it is him? I need to, I need to follow through with this. So I turns out, if you guys are wondering, you can only print your resume on a cake at like a Sam's Club, but they won't deliver it. You have to go pick it up. And I can't pick it up in Connecticut. So I find this cake shop in Hartford, Connecticut. They they made a sweet cake with like the old school NHL logo and said like hashtag Bucci Overtime Challenge. And then she printed out my resume and I made this goofy cover letter and she printed that out and delivered it with the cake. And then that night, I got a tweet from John Bucigras. It was like, thank you, Chelsea Larson, recent grad of Minnesota. Put my GPA on there because that was on my resume. And then he's like, for mailing me this cake, I'll crush it all tonight or something like that. And then we were tweeting back and forth. And I was like, when are we playing golf? And he's like, oh, whenever. And it just went back and forth. And then from there, we just became like buddies. Like if I ever tweeted at him, he'd tweet, tweet me back or um, he DM me. He's like, what's your address? Slid into my DM what's your address? I'm going to mail you some shirts or whatever. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the greatest day of my life. And then, um, I donate my kidney and my cousin emails, finally finds his email too. So sorry, John, if you get a bunch of emails from this, but he's like, she goes, Hey, my cousin that mailed you that cake is donating her kidney. Would you like send her something? So he sent me like three shirts in the mail and then I like thanked him for whatever he was tweeting, tweeting me about my kidney donation. And then Finally, um, he came to St. Paul for the uh, last year. The hockey championships were at XL. And him and uh, Barry Melrose were at Tom Reed's. And they were doing like a live uh, radio show or something. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like texting my two friends that play hockey. I'm like, we got to go. 
And so we go and I finally get to meet him. And I'm like, I'm the girl that mailed you that cake and donated my kidney. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. How are you? Like, but he was like in the middle of his like thing. So we like took a picture and then we went in the back room of Tom Reed's and like just um, ate dinner. And then later on, um, we were just having a good time. There was this girl that worked for ESPN, but she lives in Minneapolis. And we were talking to her. And then we were, I was telling her the story about the cake and the kidney. And she's like, that's that's unreal. So she goes and brings John over. We shoot the shit, shot the shit for like an hour with John Bucigras. We were like best friends. We were dancing to Michael Jackson together. He's like, come to Connecticut. I'll make you chicken parm and we'll play golf. And I was like, this is like so cool. Like, this is so cool. Like that may never happen, but that hour of just like hanging out with John Bucigras all because I was an intern at the wild and someone told me about someone mailing a cake and I did it and it could have turned out so bad and like I definitely did not need to drop a hundred dollars on a cake because I did not have that kind of money in college and it was just such a cool cool moment and so anyways I want you should get him on the pod mm-hmm. so oh yeah yes yeah oh yeah so but it's also just like going back to what I learned like I didn't think ever when I came up with that idea that that would lead two three or no like four years later hanging out with him for an hour at Tom Reed's but because I took the opportunity to do it um same with this podcast I have no idea like if anything will come of this but um besides a friendship besides best friends yeah Yeah. (laughs) and that's and around a golf (laughs) yeah are you guys paying company card yeah we'll put on the company card and, and tax. We got a lot out of this Oh, podcast. shoot. I forgot. I committed to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's recorded. Everyone's going to hear it now. But shoot. yeah, I mean, who knows what it comes out of, but you took the opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's awesome. Chelsea, you're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a, an awesome podcast. I'm really looking forward to because there will be people that reach out. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So um, thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you. Try and catch her now before she's gone.